This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode 89 of the Holland Assets Podcast. I am Craig, hosting for you today. And over there, he is Chris. Welcome, Chris. Good to be here. I'm sure it is, because you know what? (laughs) It's a nice rainy day. It's better to be inside than it is outside. Exactly. They're like, exactly. it's dreary out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know what? We live in the desert, so we could use it. Um, Chris, should we talk about the weather for today's episode? I'm, uh, I'm thinking the whole episode, just weather. Um, yeah, no, probably not. That seems, <laughs> I mean, we're not that entertaining, and that'll just make things even worse. All right. Well, it, weather's not that exciting. <laughs> in that case, uh, today's topic is about hiring a truck driver. Now, we've talked about this broadly before we've talked about some of the principles behind it some of the you know the where you need to be as a company and when's the right time and all that today is going to be the the nuts and bolts the mechanics of hiring a driver how you do it what forms you're going to need the you know the really the 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 really in-depth yeah the the stuff about that that we haven't gotten to so this is much more of a how-to episode uh that where in the past we've done kind of when to or why to but now it's how to right and and on top of that as as i've kind of done the prep for this podcast and kind of built the outline it's actually there i've i've sprinkled in some good more of the philosophy mm. on on hiring too it, it there's some aspects of it that we haven't talked about that we're going to talk a little bit too but so i i think this has actually turned into a really good episode like one of the definitely better than average um i think it's going to it's going to be good. It's a must listen for anybody who hires drivers. Right. Well, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be very interested to hold you to that by the end of the episode. <laughs> and people can go and let us know, you know, review us on iTunes. If you like this episode, if you think this is a top shelf Holland Assets podcast, then go give us a five star review based on this episode. Uh, if it's not, if you feel like, you know what, you guys, that was lackluster. I didn't like this episode, then just just forget about it. Don't or do let anything. us know because we we do want to get better. <laughs> there I mean, is that too. <laughs> I don't want to stick my head in the sand if we're really that bad. <laughs> we'll see. So, um, as I said, please go go review the podcast. It helps us out. It helps other people find us. Strokes the egos, all that stuff. No, it's I need ego stroke. It, it is a Absolutely. good way for uh, for you know somebody goes on to iTunes or or Spotify or something and or Google for that matter. And they search for a podcast. They say, you know, uh, owner operator podcast, something like that. People are making these searches. And for every person that goes in and gives us a review on these uh, services, whatever it is that you use, that helps us out uh, helping other people find us. So we appreciate also, you know, obviously sharing us on social media and all that stuff, but even just a positive review goes a long way. So also go to hollandassetsllc.com for full show notes. You can comment there. Find us on Facebook. Housekeeping over. Chris, I think I did I cover everything. Yeah, you you went pretty deep into it today. Yeah, well good. this you know what? It was a heartfelt plea. Okay. <laughs> I felt it. There you go. All right. So Chris, uh, how do you want to start in on this topic of of uh, the mechanics of hiring a driver? Well, before we actually get into the mechanics of hiring a driver, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about somebody that I've always admired and always looked up to. Um, really, um, even before, like as I was getting out of my my late teens and into my young adulthood, um, Colin Powell, as you may or may not know, passed away um, last very month, recently. Wasn't it? But yeah, I, I, it may have even been in the last couple of weeks. They just had his. Funeral was just uh, late last week. Mm, yeah. and An impressive uh, guy, for sure. Very impressive guy. And I've always felt that way. I've, I've kind of followed him, followed his career. And, you know, with his passing, I've, I've actually never read one of his books. I started reading one of his books and have learned even more about him. And just an incredible, incredible person. Somebody we should all look up to, all admire and, and learn from. And so one of, in, in the book that I've been reading, it's called... Um, Gosh, not I, I can't even think of the title and I don't have it <laughs> written down here. Um, it's called It Worked For Me. That's oh, there you go. Called. Okay. It, it worked for me. He he goes through 13 of his rules, basically kind of rules in life. And I just wanted to talk a, a, about a few of them as we kind of get into this because I think they're really good. All 13 of them are great. I'd encourage you to go listen to his book or read his book um and and really understand those 13 rules. But 
three of them kind of really stuck out to me. The first one was perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. Now, that for, force multiplier That's is a military a, term. It's a military term. And so it, it basically means that, you know, a force multiplier is something that um, basically brings more to the battlefield than, than anything. I think I was trying to think of, a, well, how can I explain what a force multiplier is? And I think a, a good example would be a machine gun. You like one machine gun will do as many, um, you know, will do as much as five people shooting single shot rifles. Probably right? a so lot. That, probably a lot probably more than more. That. Yeah. So a, a machine gun is a good example of a force multiplier. So the the idea being, you can have one person uh, added to the battlefield, and they're going to be it, it, if they have a force multiplier, they're going to be worth more than just one person exactly. on the battlefield, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. That's a that's a great way to put it. So. Colin Powell says that perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. And I see that. And I, and I think that's actually for somebody that's an entrepreneur, a business owner, I've seen very few successful entrepreneurs who aren't super optimistic people. Yeah. And, and the reality behind it is if you're always pessimistic, if you've got kind of this negative view on things, are you going to jump in and, and risk things? Are you going to you know, put in extra effort to, you know, become successful? Probably not. I, th I think that optimism in entrepreneurship is an absolute requirement. Okay, good. And what's the next one? Uh, the next one is- And now, are we going to do all 13 of these? No, or? just three. Okay. We're just going to do three. <laughs> all right. The next one is get mad, then get over it. I love yeah, this. I, yeah. do, I do too. I, I, what, what, do you, what do you like about it? It's- <laughs> Anger is really useful, um, you know, in the right situations. It's a good motivator for uh, for a lot of reasons, but it's like um, it's like salt. Or let me let me back up and put it this way: any any poison is determined by the dosage, right? So salt, a little bit of salt can go a long way toward making your meal more flavorful, but a lot of salt will kill you. Um, and anger is a lot like that, where it's really useful in a lot of situations um, as a motivator uh, or as a communicating emotion. But then if you hang on to it for too long, it can really eat at you. Oops, I hit the mic. It can really eat at you and uh, make you miserable, salty, if you will. <laughs> right. So that that's what comes to mind for me. Did you just pull that analogy out of thin air? That was that was pretty good. I like that. That's uh, a good it, way of looking at it. It's I did steal it from somebody, but it doesn't matter who. So it, that, that's good. But yeah, anger. I I agree. It's something that you know, kind of held within certain confines, is is a good thing, and and it's something that happens to all of us. And, and you get a little bit mad. It kind of motivates you. It, it kind of helps you get your point across to people. But then you get over it. You move on, and you you kind of put it behind you. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's number three then? Um. Number three is it ain't as bad as you think, and it will look better in the morning. And <laughs> I have always lived by this. Like it, you get bad news, you have a bad day, and it's hard. And I, I tell my wife all the time, like it, it's been a rough day. I just need to sleep on it. I'll, I'll be better in the morning. And it, it's amazing what a good, you know, solid eight hours of passing time, sleeping, and waking up the next day, how it can give you kind of a new perspective, and you know, things can can calm down. So. I, I really like that one too. It's not as bad as you think and it'll look better in the morning. Just kind of sleep it off. Yeah. It actually kind of feeds into both of the other ones, right? Yeah. Be optimistic and uh, be angry, but not for too long. Yep. Right. Yep. So, yeah. Okay, good. So do you want to, do you want to, do you want to try to tie these into hiring a truck driver or is this a, uh, is, was it, this a tangent just, for it's you? It's just Chris? a tangent for me. I, actually, it is kind of funny because I think we will talk about one of them. It mm. just happened to kind of come up later on. So we'll, we'll re we'll, we'll point back to one of these three in a minute yeah but it, it's more just because you know i pay a little tribute to somebody who has done a ton for our country um i, I think colin powell's just a, a, a he's just a good quality genuine good person i wish he would have run for president i think he would have made a great president mm. well there you go hot take from chris there you go all right um chris let's talk about the nuts and bolts of hiring a driver. Okay, so uh, where do you want to start with this one? Because uh, you've hired now how many drivers? Um, we just hired our fifth. A We've fifth got the, driver, yep. wow. He, fifth driver hasn't started yet, Okay, um, but should start here in the next couple of weeks. We should have the truck number five coming online and and get going. Um, but one of the things that, you know, just to kind of put this into context and how important I think this is, I was thinking a little bit about, you know, drivers and 
And I started typing the show notes on, on the, um, um, our website on the webpage and I put, um, hiring or drivers are one of the key ingredients or, or one of the most important greed ingredients of running a successful trucking company. Yeah. 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 And then I start thinking a little bit about it and I'm like, no, you know what? Drivers are the key ingredient to a successful trucking company. You cannot have a successful trucking company without a good driver. Like yeah. I would even argue the same that holds true for an owner operator. You are the driver, but if you're an unreliable driver, your business is going to, is, is going to fail. Well, yeah. Going back to uh, something that we talked about early on in the podcast, when you were looking for a truck, you, you weren't going for the fanciest, uh, newest thing out, out there. Uh, you were going for something that you knew would be reliable, but you, you wanted to get a deal on it. You were hoping not to pay too much. Or you remember the interview we did with Bubba Blackwell, yeah. uh, where he went out, got a really cheap truck, um, and and he was able to succeed. I mean, we should check in with him as far as we know. He's I, still I have succeeding. a little bit. Yeah, he's still doing um, pretty well. But the, my point is, it he got a really cheap truck. He was the key ingredient. Yep. So it's not about having the fanciest truck or you know whatever the other things are. Th these are important things. Uh, the truck is an important part of things. The contacts that you make, that's an important part of things. But the driver who actually makes the truck go is going to be far more important. Yeah. Right? The, the driver is absolutely critical. You can't, it's, it, the driver really is the key ingredient to a successful trucking company. So you know, the driver can't do it all on their own, but it never works unless you've got a good driver. So how do you determine whether somebody is quality or not? That's a, that's a good question. And, and we're going to kind of dive into those a little bit, but to kind of get their ball rolling, I think one of the things that we have found that's important to us in, in finding that good driver and in, in, in part of our screening process is we basically require an in-person interview. So, so no video interviews I, for people or I, phone we interviews. We maybe do a, a, a video interview, definitely not a phone interview. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think you need to be able to look at the person. And in reality, like our success, when we've been successful at hiring drivers, We've been able to look at the driver in the eye, shake their hand. And I, and I think it's good for both parties. I, I don't think it's just good for the, the us as the company. I think it's good for the driver to be able to look in your eyes and shake your hand and really right. know, get to know who you are a little bit better. And so I think that face-to-face -face interview is important. Um, and uh, you know, th those personal interactions kind of help reduce the number of times that we've been stood up by people who say, yeah, I'm interested, but end up not being. And then, you know, we feel like it, it, it really makes it so that you're more committed to the driver because you've got to know him. You feel good about him. You feel comfortable with him. And the driver's more committed to the company for the same reason. They've, they've gotten to know you and they feel a little bit more comfortable. So I, I think that in-person um, interview just drastically increases your chance of, of having a good hire. Yeah. And, and being uh, a good fit. And so what, uh, what sort of guiding principles do you have during that in-person interview? Because uh, like you said, this is as much about interviewing them as it is about them interviewing you. It's, it uh, it's a two-way street, we'll, right? We'll talk a little bit about that, but we really hit that in episode 83. Mm -hmm. We talked a lot about, you know, kind of the, some of the questions we ask and the things that we go through when, when we hire a driver. And that's, you know, that face-to-face -face interaction just gives you a little bit better a better, a, a way to better feel those answers, kind of feel the person out and, and, and make sure that they're, you know, you're really going to have one of those win-win relationships because mm -hmm. that, you know, that's really what you're looking for. Yeah. 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 N and another thing, you know, and this doesn't necessarily tie directly into the in-person interviews, but another thing that, that we've found is incredibly important is to be completely upfront and honest, um, with, with the driver that you're hiring you know, don't just share the the pros and the cons. Oftentimes as a driver, they're trying to present, present themselves in the best light. You as a company, you're trying to present yourself in the best light, which you want to do to a certain extent, but you also don't want to put blinders on the other individual, the driver, right. because, you know, if you're kind of telling them one thing or leading them to believe one thing, and then the reality of, of how you operate and what the job is for them is different it's just going to create problems down the road. Right. You, they show up on day one and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want me to know how much about 
uh, you know, being a mechanic, working on my own truck. I, yeah. you didn't tell me any of that. Well, and, and you think about it, you know, there's no company out there that's a perfect company. There's some companies, you know, every company with has the, kind of the, the pros. Obvious exception of Holland Assets. Uh, I mean, let's. Uh, we're pretty close, but I, <laughs> even I have to, there's a reality check. We're not perfect. There's, there's some things that, you know, we, we could do better, but I, you, you take, for example, you know, like we're trying to paint ourselves in the best light. Well, you know, we don't currently hope, you know, it's our goal to someday, but we don't currently offer health insurance. That's mm -hmm. one thing that we make sure the drivers understand abundantly clear up front that we don't currently offer health insurance. And then another thing that's a, a little bit of a headache is we don't have a really good detention policy. It's one of the things that we're trying to work on, I think, as we get a little bit bigger and, and things are a little bit more predictable for us. We can, we do pay detention, but it's kind of on a case by case basis mm -hmm. and it depends on a lot of factors. And, and so we kind of walk through with drivers, um, definitely those two things, just, you know, kind of an, a few other things because we want to make sure that they understand, you know, how we operate, make sure that there's no surprises or as few surprises as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that that's that's important so that they yeah. feel comfortable and you know and another one of the things that that kind of a philosophy that i like to live by and colin powell actually talked a little bit about this in, in his book too is, well fancy that imagine that is <laughs> you know bad news never gets better with time mm. it typically gets worse and and so like if you've got one of those things that's ultimately gonna you know gonna cause an issue with your driver like detention it's going right. to come up at some point. And if you don't kind of address that early on, it's just going to be a bigger problem compounded later on down yeah. the road. Yeah, that makes sense. That kind makes of like sense. the opposite of a force multiplier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Force divider. Yeah, All right. There you go. So we've talked in the past, uh, again, kind of zooming out to the, uh, the, the theory, the philosophy behind hiring a driver. We've talked about what you'd be looking for. You want a safe driver and you want a uh, a driver who's a good fit, kind of this thing that you're talking about. They understand what you're going to be asking of them, and you understand what they're going to be able to deliver, right? But what does that look like, again, getting into the nuts and bolts? How do you determine these things? How do you find out that sort of thing about a potential driver candidate? Yeah, that, that's a good question. So we'll we'll talk about it. So that that's the first thing we're looking for, obviously, like you just mentioned, is that we're looking for somebody that we know is going to be safe. And the reason behind that is that I think we've talked a little bit about this situation in the podcast. There was a couple of years ago in Utah, there was a truck driver that, well, he's a dump truck driver, so, you know, had a local. CDL, local, yeah. local driver. And he was drunk and I think he was high on drugs and uh, speeding and kind of other issues. Anyway, he ended up getting in a wreck and killing six people. Ugh. And, and it's one of those situations where that driver never should have been hired. He, he'd had previous DUIs, he'd had other issues, he'd driven on a suspended license, and all kinds of issues, and never, never should have been hired. And so that's one of the reasons that this screening process is so critical is because you don't want to hire a driver like that. Right. That's kind of an extreme example, but you don't want to hire somebody that's even close to that. And it, it not... The most important aspect of that, I think, would be the morality of yeah, <laughs> hiring a driver who absolutely. you don't want to hire. But there's also practical reasons. You don't want to be on the hook for somebody who did something dumb under the banner of your company. Yeah, right? They're they're out there representing you. And, and the last thing you want is your company in the headlines because of a bad situation. Right, right. So how, how do you do that, right? That, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about now. So let's go into kind of some of the steps, some of the things that we do, which some of them aren't required, but a lot of them are actually required. And, and we'll talk. So let's talk a little bit about that. Um, and, and some of this is going to seem really obvious, but I want to go through all the steps. Hey, we're talking about nuts and bolts for a reason. Nuts let's, and bolts. let's do some nuts and bolts. So the, the first one is you, you have them fill out a, an employment application. Okay. So that sounds super duper basic. I'm wondering, and let me see if I can interject uh, what you might be thinking here, Chris. I'm going to read your mind. <laughs> uh, you want them to complete an employment application partly just because you want to see how, um, I mean, you could find this information on LinkedIn or just ask them for it. But if they actually go in and fill out the application, you know that this person actually wants to do the job um, and that they have the follow through necessary to complete something as simple as an employment application. So they're going to be keeping, hopefully that's an indication that they're going to be keeping good records while they're on the road. Uh, staying in good communication, that sort of thing, right? Yeah, it shows a little bit of commitment on their side. So yeah, it, it, it is it is good because once you get past the employment application piece, um, 
it's a a lot of the things you have to do start costing money. Mm. And so you want to make sure they've got kind of that level of commitment before you start incurring expenses through the screening process. Right. So it, it does show that kind of level of commitment. And there's, there's also some basic information on it that you need to get like some of the previous employers. A lot of the information you can just get like from a copy of their CDL, but which you have to get anyway, but you, you want them to show that level of commitment. And there's mm-hmm. some other things on the employment application that, that you need to get. Right. Okay. So what's next? So I, I mentioned that there's, they, they need to provide some of the previous employers and the inquiries. Um, or so that you can do inquiries, so, right? Yes, they need to provide it. Yes. So that then we can go do previous um, employer inquiries, which is a requirement of the of the DOT. So w- one of the things you have to kind of keep in mind is, is you want an application that's kind of specific to the Department of Transportation because there are some key ingredients in mm-hmm. it that you need to get that you don't necessarily need to get on for, for other types of jobs. Um, you know, and it is one of those things that you can get from Motor Carrier HQ. We've, we've got a, it, it's part of our audit package. It includes a, an employment application that you can use. Um, but you, you need to get that then you also need to get a copy of the front and back of their CDL, or if they're not a, a commercial driver's license, if they don't have a CDL, say it's a, they're operating vehicles under 26,000 pounds, a, a copy of their regular driver's license. Okay. Just for your own files or? Yep. You've got to have okay. it uh, for your own fires, files. There's there's something called- Another, a, another requirement. Then. It is. It, there's a what's called a driver qualification file. Sometimes people refer to it as the DQ file. Um, you've got to have one for each one of your drivers. When you get audited, the the auditors are going to ask for that and, mm-hmm. and want to see. And that that's something that that needs to be in there. And again, that's our our audit assistance package at Motor Carrier HQ includes all that information. So it, it kind of makes it pretty self explanatory. What was that, Chris? Motor Carrier HQ. Motor Carrier HQ. Motor Carrier HQ dot com. Never do doing doing a shameless plug. That's for, right. I, for one of our businesses. You I, can always count on me. I yeah. We we <laughs> we need to do that a little more often. <laughs> uh, okay, so you got a copy of their license. What's next? Um, next is, and this is something that's not required, but I think you're crazy not to do it. Okay. Is you need to get what's called the pre-employment screening program report. So it's an FMCSA report that goes back and pulls. It's kind of like your motor vehicle record, but it's more specific to hours of service and vehicle inspections. Okay. So anytime a driver is driving down the road and they get pulled in for a, a, a safety inspection, um, a safety inspection report is typically submitted and it shows that either there were no violations or it shows if there was a violation. So when you pull the pre-employment screening program report, it will show for that driver if they've had in the last, it's either two or three years. I can't remember exactly which one it is, but it'll show in the last two or three years, how many hours of service violations they've had. If they've had any vehicle maintenance um, violations when they've been inspected, just that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And you said that's not required why do you want it on file if you don't have to have it? Because you want, well, it's not just having it on file. It's the, it's the matter of making sure you're hiring a good mm. driver because, you know, this is kind of, you know, again, let's go back to the force multiplier thing. Um, we talk a little bit about safety scores and being in compliance with the Department of Transportation regulations. Um, one bad driver who has a history of hours of service violations or, you know, maybe they're just lazy and never do their pre-trip inspections. So there's a light out on a trailer that's been out mm-hmm. forever and they don't notify you about it. You don't know it needs to get fixed. It never gets fixed. And so it pops up on a, on a, on a report. Um, that kind of thing, a driver that, that does that one bad driver in a small fleet can just cause your safety scores to skyrocket. So they're kind of like that force divider, as you would say. <laughs> sure, they, sure. They cause... It's- it, what it reminds me of is um, your any system is only as strong as the weakest component. Yeah. Right. And so uh, whoever is your worst driver when it comes to safety, uh, that's the score your company's going to yeah. eventually get. Right. I, I would say fifty percent of the time that we would deal with companies that have safety problems, it's usually one driver. Yeah. Like you may have five great drivers and one bad one, and that one bad one is causing all of your problems. Yeah. What about, uh, what about drug testing? You guys do drug testing? Yep. So that's the next thing. They got to do a pre-employment drug test. Um, that's another one of those things that's required. You've got to get a consent, you know, consent from the driver to do it, but have to do it. And 
kind of married with that as the clearinghouse inquiry, which, you know, if, if a truck driver has tested positive of, of a drug test, that they, their information gets entered into the clearinghouse. And so when you pull a clearinghouse report for that driver, it will, uh, it will show that they've had a previous violation. Yeah. Okay. What's next? Um, after that is, um, you need to get approval from your insurance agency that they're qualified to be on your policy. Oh, so you, okay. So you actually have to provide the driver's information to your insurance agent, you know, basically just making sure that they're, they're okay to have. Like you take, for instance, on our insurance policy, we can't have drivers that have less than two years of driving experience. Um, or if there's, you know, most policies, if there's a certain number of violations that disqualifies a driver, they've had a certain number of accidents, especially if they're at fault accidents, they'll, they'll be disqualified from your policy. And so you, you just can't hire a driver that doesn't meet the insurance qualifications. Which reminds me of a, a question I want to be sure to ask you before we move on to the next section. But let's go ahead and finish this one up, finding out if they're a safe driver. Uh, what other things are we looking for? Um, the, the last thing I want to talk about is their MVR, which is their motor vehicle record. So this is basically what shows like what kind of tickets they've had. So a lot of times people get confused between the, M, uh, the MVR and the PSP or the pre-employment screening program report. They're two different things. And you know, sometimes like a lot of times a speeding violation will be on the PSP report. So it'll be on the MVR and the PSP report, but hours of service violations and vehicle inspection issues, none of that's ever going to show up on the MVR. That's more like your moving violations mm -hmm. type thing, your illegal lane changes, you know, running red lights, speeding that that'll show up on the MVR. So you, you have to have a copy of that. And, and one thing that I, I want to share is, is this is happening more and more in the industry um, it are, you know, you've got Adobe PDF, um, programs oh, and yeah. it becomes really easy to manipulate, um, MVR reports. And so you need to make sure you get one, you know, from a third party, from a source where, you know, a driver hasn't had an opportunity to manipulate it. How, how would you do that? Who would you go to, to get that? Mm -hmm. Uh, what third party are you? So there, of? there are some third parties that are out there. Sometimes your insurance agent will provide you one. Mm. Um, but, the uh, more often than not, you can go to the state driver's license division yeah. and get it. You, you probably have to get a consent form from the driver allowing you to pull it, but you can pull it directly. Okay. So let me, uh, let me run through that list again, just to refresh. And then I'll ask you my question. We've got, uh, this driver needs to complete uh, an employment application in its entirety. Uh, you're going to do uh, previous employer inquiries and we want a copy of the CDL front and back. Uh, we do a pre-employment, hang on, let me get this right, pre-employment screening program report. <laughs> okay. You're, you're getting it. Which, by the way, there's a link to that. There's a link to a few of these things yeah. on uh, hollandassetsllc.com. Yeah. I, I so, put all these in the yeah. show notes so you don't have to necessarily take notes. Just go to the show notes right. and all this is listed out there. So we've, we've got those. We've got the pre-employment pre drug tests, uh, the insurance uh, aspect, can they be covered by ins your insurance and the motor vehicle record. So all of these things and the clearinghouse. Oh, and the, and clearinghouse. the clearinghouse. Yes, report. thank you. Um, all of these things. My question is, uh, when in the process are you doing them? Is this all before you extend an offer to somebody? You have all of these things in place, um, all of these questions answered, or do some of these come after you have extended the offer and that person is presumably coming on with your company? I so most of those things. So typically, kind of our processes is we'll have. You know, we'll, we'll put out a, a job posting, mm -hmm. people will respond to it and we'll call and talk to them on the phone. And, you know, we've got a handful of questions that we'll ask when we're kind of screening them on the phone. And if we feel good about the phone interview, that's when we'll schedule that face-to-face -face interview. And that's the, kind of the next step. And once we do the face-to-face inter -face interview and we, we feel really good about the person, that's when we like really start to get serious. So we'll give right. them the application and then kind of go through those points. So we're so you're giving point, them the application after the face to face after interview. the face to face interview. Okay, yeah. so it's not just uh, it's not just somebody went on Indeed.com, filled no. out the application, and that's good enough. No, I, and there you can. There's different methods to it. Mm -hmm. Like you can you, uh, you can have somebody fill the application out before you meet with them, but that's just not how we've done it. But I, I definitely would say that by the time we kind of have them going through those steps and doing those things, like we're, we want to hire those people. We're just really looking for reasons why it probably shouldn't. Hire right. Them. Okay. All right. So 
uh, all right, so we've gone through how to determine if this person is a safe driver, uh, but now you want to find out, you said the other part of this is whether they're a good fit. Yep. Uh, obviously, being a safe driver is part of that, but there's yep. more that goes into it. Are they going to be good for your company, and is your company going to be good for them? How do you determine yep. that? And you want that good fit both ways. If it if it's not a good fit both ways, eventually the the relationship's not going to work. So, um, this is where we. I'm not going to go super far into this because this is the episode 83. We talked a, a decent more mm-hmm. about this, but you know that that first in person meeting with the driver. Um, a lot of times, you know, where we Holland Assets doesn't have its own office. You know, I can use some of my other businesses as an office, but we've often found it, it's better. We'll, we'll do it at a restaurant and mm-hmm. we'll go and meet them, buy them a lunch somewhere. And it kind of helps people relax a little bit. I feel like you kind of get an opportunity to meet them in a, in a more neutral friendly, territory. neutral territory, more friendly environment. Um, and, um, you know, they, they kind of like that. And so we, um, you know, we kind of start to ask those questions about like how they like to run. We talk to them about our company and how we like to run. We make sure we're kind of both on the same page that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here come the jets. They're going to, I think, bomb the studio, but they're, they're not so loud that we can't keep going. But, uh, thank you, Air Force. Let, let them run in the background. That's right. That's right. All right. So, um, all right. So you're meeting them in person. Uh, we've talked in the past about, uh, asking questions about how do you like to run? Here's how we like to run. Does this match up? What else are you doing uh, to determine this, to find out if they're a good fit for the company? So the the last thing that we kind of really do on that, you know, good fit for each other is we'll have the driver and the dispatcher. We'll get on like a three-way phone call with the driver, the dispatcher, and and either Nate or I, uh, typically Nate, and just make sure that- the, Nate, they, Nate being the- our business partner right. in assets. Yeah. Just, just making sure people remember. Um, and, and just make sure they both feel good about each other. And, and we, we love Jake. Jake's awesome. And he, you know, he's driven, so he understands it and drivers like that. And so that's usually a good thing for us is it, it kind of helps let them see that we, you know, we're all a good team. They've got good resources. You know, they've, if, if they've got an issue, they've got Nate, they've got me, they've got Jake. And, and so they're not going to be left stranded and and they can feel comfortable with each other. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So we've talked about uh, some of the nuts and bolts behind the principles that you've talked about. What about other things that may be legally required uh, to hire somebody? What what must get done? That's a good question. That's a good transition to kind of to what I kind of consider the onboarding process. So at this point, you've you've kind of extended an offer. They've accepted the offer. You're ready to really bring them on board, and they're ready to start working. So the first thing is, is there's just some legal nuts and bolts that you have to do. You have to get some copies of some documents. The first two are the W-4 and the I-9. Mm. The W-4 is the IRS document. If you've ever worked for anybody, you've filled one out. Mm-hmm. Just basically says how much of their tax they want withheld. Yet, you know, write down the number of dependents and right, right. all that kind of stuff. And there's a formula. So it's, it's that form. Um, the other one's the I-9, and that's an immigration form just to make sure the person's legal to, to, to work, work in the, the US United, yep, mm-hmm. in the US. So again, I'm going to have links to both of those forms on uh, in the show notes for this episode. Um then one of the next important things is just getting them set up on payroll. Payroll's kind of important. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Usually people don't <laughs> like um working and not getting paid. I've got a really good example of that just in my recent life. My my 16-year-old daughter um has a job working at a, a local soda shop. It's kind of like a coffee shop, but hey, with soda. Welcome to Utah, welcome everybody. To Utah. There's, yep. there, we have soda shops. These unique to us. Oh boy, yeah, indeed. And, okay, and so. they're good. But anyway, so <laughs> if you say so, <laughs> we we were working. She was working at a at a a soda shop over the summer. Yeah, loved it. And then um, went to the same. We we moved at the beginning of the school year, and went to the same brand different soda shop up north mm. um and and had to get put into a new payroll system so it, it was a little more complicated than just a, a regular transfer well this other place was horrible like she worked there for almost a month and a half before she ever got her first paycheck wow and that's just and, and it put a really sour taste it was her second job it put a really sour taste in her mouth and, and rightfully so which like, is not good at a not. soda shop no. okay you want yeah, that you want sweet sweet, taste, sweet right? sugary yeah, soda that, taste at least, if not sugar aspartame. I mean, come on, you you gotta have 
<laughs> One of those oh, two. Oh, that's so gross. Okay, <laughs> go on. All right. So um, you want to make sure you get that right. And you, you, you're paying your people on time the first time. You're paying them right yeah. every time. So payroll, it, it's kind of frustrating because it's one of those things that a payroll system's not cheap. But it's so critical. Um, you you don't you know that that's the fastest way to get somebody upset with you is not paying them. And this is not a DIY situation, is what I, you're saying. Go I for don't the, think so. The payroll system. I would go for the payroll system because you know, as obviously paying your drivers is critical, but there's also other aspects to it that are complicated and they're a headache to try to figure out. Um, and that's like making sure you withdraw the, the withhold the right amount of taxes that you're paying unemployment insurance and you're paying. Um, uh, just all the you know, the state withholding taxes, right. and there's a mil- a million things that you've got to be doing. Right. You got to make sure you do it right, or you're going to get yourself either in trouble with your drivers or in trouble with the government. And you 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 don't want either of those, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. I I didn't get into trucking because I'm a whiz at accounting, right? Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and play to our strengths here. Absolutely, and so if you if this is your first driver that you're hiring, make sure you've got a good payroll system, and that. You know, a good payroll provider will make sure that you've got the right state account set up, that you've got everything you need set up so that you're legal compliant and you're not going to have any problems. The the one um the one thing that can criminally get you in trouble as an employer of not doing correctly is your federal withholdings. Hmm. If you're not withholding the right federal taxes and you're not paying those quarterly taxes, you're not taking the your employees FICA taxes out, so like the Medicare, Medicaid, Medicare, Medicaid, whichever, yeah, and and mm-hmm. Social Security taxes, and you're not forwarding those on correctly. That's that's a criminal problem, and so you can get yourself into really big trouble if you're not doing it right. So yeah, not Do DIY. Right. Don't okay, DIY it. All right. So what's next? All right. The next thing is is you need to make sure you train them on the systems that they haven't been used, and this is another one of those things. It's preferably to do it in person. Um, you know, and so when I'm talking about systems, they may not be familiar with, um, your electronic logging device. If, you know, they may have used, um, uh, one system and you have a different system. The systems are always pretty different. You know, some people figure it out just fine on their own, but a lot of people don't. And so it's, it's good to kind of train them and show them, help them get logged mm-hmm. in the first time, you know, do that, um, if they've never operated a reefer or some other type of equipment, get them trained on right. that. Or if they're maybe, going to a, from a, a dry van to a flatbed or whatever, yeah. make, make sure they understand how to operate the equipment. Or even with a reefer, if they're going from a carrier unit to a, a thermal king unit, and they've never used thermal king. Mm. You know, the operations are slightly different. You need to make sure they understand how to use them. Um, and, and trucks too. Like, uh, you know, you think we think driving a truck, you know, you put it in gear and you go, well, Every truck's different with the new technological advances. They're more and more complicated, you know, especially if you've got like some of those collision avoidance things. Um, some of the tech on them now is starting to get decently complicated. So if you're going from a, a Volvo to a Freightliner or from a, you know, a Kenworth to a Freightliner, there's going to be differences. And it's probably a good idea to walk the driver through those those technical things. A lot of times a driver is going to tell you, I've driven a truck. I know what I'm doing. Well, <laughs> have you driven this truck in, you know, this the, model, this model? And have you dealt with a collision avoidance system? It, it, it's good to kind of show them through like, you know, I'm not going to show you how to shift the gears. I'm going right, to show right. you how to. You're not trying to be patronizing. You're right. just trying to make sure that, uh, again, going back to the safe driver thing, it's like, hey, you might be a great driver, but I want to make sure you're a great driver on this truck. Yeah. So, yeah, Absolutely. that makes sense. Um, okay. Anything else? Yeah. There, there's another another thing that we find all the time is is getting the paperwork back. Nobody gets paid unless paperwork gets submitted. And so one of the critical things, and sometimes it's a little more difficult than you'd think, is getting that paperwork back to the home office. And most of the time that just means, you know, scanning it in and, and, and sending it back with an email or something like that. There's a lot of great scanning software that you can just load onto your phone where you're essentially just kind of taking a picture of each page of a document and it, and it wipes it, it cleans it, and it makes it look just like a, a scan PDF and they do a great job. And so it's, it's training them on how to use that, how to submit the paperwork um, while they're on the road and make, right. make sure they know how to, how to go through that process. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, like you've talked about in past episodes, this, uh, when you're out on the road driving, whether you're driving for yourself or you're an employee driver, uh, there's, there's a lot, 
more that goes on now, or maybe not. It's not that there's more. It's just so much faster now than it was a generation ago before we were able to scan things on our phone on the road. Right. So, yep. yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. Sure. OK, uh, so what uh, what else you said? Uh, we're, we're training them on systems that they might need to use. And then just making sure that they are familiar with everything in the truck and kind of where it's at. Specifically, every truck, you know, most trucking companies go the route of, of having all like the registration documents, the insurance documents, the manual for the ELD, um, all that kind of stuff in a binder in the truck. Hmm. And, and so just kind of familiarizing them with the binder where to find everything, um, you know, a lot of times you'll have some tools or uh, things like, you know, where, where the oils, like an extra thing of oil or antifreeze are stored, where you keep all that, just, you know, pointing that out. To okay. Them. All right. Very good. So uh, that's the systems and the equipment that you want to make sure they're familiar with. Uh, I assume we also want them to be familiar with the company itself because yep. uh, you've got your own systems and policies in place, right? You've got your own SOPs. You've got your own policies, like your your drug policy, your employment policy, hours of service policies. You know those kind of things. You just want want to make sure they're familiar with all of that. Okay. All right. What else are we doing with these guys once uh, or gals <laughs> so once they're hired? What the now we're we're kind of winding down to the end of that onboarding stuff. But there's a few things that you kind of have to do. Um, you need to give the driver a fuel card. They've kind of got to be able to fuel the truck on the road. So a, a way to fuel the truck and then another way to, um, pay for over the road expenses. You know, some companies will just use the fuel card. Um, some companies will give them cash, uh, and, and you know, sometimes maybe just a, a company credit card. So mm -hmm. there just has to be a method like that to, to pay for those, you know, fuel and other incidentals that happen on the road. Awesome. Okay. So we've interviewed the driver. We feel good about him. We extended the offer. They accepted it. And then was the blitz to get all of this stuff ready to go, get them ready to go, get the truck ready to go, all the paperwork and whatnot. And now this person is ready to drive for you. They're, they, they at this point should basically be ready to go, but there's a few things that you kind of as a company still need to do in the background. And it's really just kind of adding them. You need to make sure they're added to your random drug testing pool mm -hmm. or your consortium is the technical word for it. Um, we've, we should have at this point already got them approved by your insurance company, but then you have to formally say, Hey, yeah, we have hired this driver. We want them added to our policy. Mm -hmm. so you need to do that. And then you need to add them to your workers compensation policy. Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. That makes sense. So, um, now we're ready to go day one. What are you, what steps are we going to take once they actually show up to start driving? Um, that, that's a good question. So whenever you have a new person starting, you want the first impression of your company to be a good one. And so you want to make sure that your driver feels welcome and they feel part of your team. And so a, a couple things that I think are must do's, you know, first you need to make sure the truck is ready and clean. Like you, you, you don't want to put a driver in a dirty truck. Um, sometimes that's a pain in the butt because some drivers leave the truck super dirty. Um, so you either need to clean it out yourself or you need to take it to a detail shop and get it cleaned out. Um, and, and then make sure there's no lingering issues with it. You know, a lot of the times, you know, it, it may have a, a repair that really needs to be done. Do all that kind of stuff so that the truck's in good shape when it, when it's first going down the road. You don't, the last thing you want is, as a, as a new driver to be driving down the road in a truck that's got an issue that's either going to be frustrating, annoying, or it's going to cause you to get stranded on the road. You, mm -hmm. you just, you don't want that kind of thing to happen. Right. So right. make sure everything's taken care of. It leaves a bad impression. If, if you're not taking care of your equipment, you think your driver's going to do it. If you're not keeping it clean, you think your driver's going to do it. No. So have it clean, have it ready to go, have it in good working running order and then the chances that your driver will keep it that way are a lot greater. <laughs> Give them, yeah, it's, uh, if, if I'm stepping into a crappy truck that nobody took care of, why would I bother, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, all right, so next, uh, next up. So still to try to kind of make them feel welcome, make them feel kind of part of the team. One of the things that we always do, and, and this is kind of goes back to that initial screening part, is we'll, we'll try to find out like what some of their biggest concerns are or what some of the most important things to them are like for example you know do they want to be in a new truck versus a an older truck do they um 
you know, want to be home for certain family events or certain days, um, you know, is health insurance important to them? You know, there, there's a million things that, that mm-hmm. can be important to them or, or things that might be issues for them. So we try to find out what a few of those are and we try to solve them. If, if it's something that's important to them, we try to accommodate that, like being so, home at a certain time or for certain things, or, you know, if they want to be in a newer truck, we make sure there's a plan that they're going to get a newer truck and here's what needs to happen. And usually it just means that like we're buying a new truck and, you know, they're second in line to get one. And we we're planning on getting that second truck in four months and they'll get it. You know, it's right, just, right. It, 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 it's letting them know what those are. You know, they, it might be that they want a, a really nice, fancy mattress and, you know, we may try to accommodate that. So having some of this stuff ready to go right away um, means that, uh, yeah, like you say, they're going to feel welcome. And, and it could be something as, as complex as you may not provide health insurance as a company, Holland Assets, yet, but you can maybe, like you say, try to help them solve that problem. So, we hey, we, we it, went yeah. to the marketplace. We found here are some plans that might fit. Uh, we, we can't uh, provide that for you, but we can provide the solution. Um, or in your case... Uh, you know, if you had been hired on as a driver uh, early on when you started hauling assets, it would, hey, look, I need an allotment of uh, precisely 96 peanut M&Ms uh, in the cab at all times. Um, you know, so yeah, that's that's that, an easy that, fix. Right? That would have been, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, it It's kind of one of those things like it just makes them feel valued. And like, especially if if they tell you about some of these things in that early interview process and then you solve them for them it shows that you listen and that you value them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really important. And, and in this market, when it's so hard to find drivers, that's a big thing that differentiates you from other employers and, and will help you keep drivers in your truck trucks for a longer period of time. And which is ultimately going to help your company be more successful. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it would be really easy for a new employer uh, somebody who's hiring their first driver or their first couple drivers to just want to throw money at a problem and say, hey, I'll just pay them more. That's yeah. how they'll know that they're valued. And that, look, I mean, paying somebody more, it, it's great, but there is such a thing as we've talked about in the past. There's such a thing as overpaying uh, a driver uh, that causes problems for you and them down the road. But there are other things you can do that make them not just feel valued, but actually helps them know that they are valued, yeah. right? Yeah, like, well, you know, some some other ideas that I've got is, um, you know, you can give you you can give them swag, like if you've got company hats or t-shirt or sweatshirt or something like that. That you know, giving them one of those right off the bat is a good thing. You know, I talked about the new mattress. You know, if they're if a driver's missing something that's going to make their life a little bit more comfortable on the road, and you can provide that for them, it might be a good time to be generous and mm. and just and and do that and provide that you know like one of the things that nate's good at uh, that i think's awesome is you know he'll find out what the driver's favorite drink is and stock the fridge with their favorite drink and water so they you know the first day on the road they go to load the fridge and they find all that there it, it shows that you genuinely care about who's working for you right unless and, of course somebody says my favorite is uh, scotch whiskey <laughs> yeah <laughs> pro- probably not on the road You're probably not stock in the fridge with that yeah that's uh, a good point all right very good so any other any other thoughts on this particular subject before we start uh, wrapping it up i just kind of wrapping up this piece of it is um when drivers know that you've got their back and you sincerely try to make a good environment for them they're going to have your back too um you know, if, if you're treating your drivers like crap, they're going to treat your company like crap. And so it, you know, what goes around comes around. And so, um, you've heard of the golden rule, right? I'm, I'm familiar. (laughs) I'm familiar with its work. You know, there's two of them. What? (laughs) You know, there's two of them. I know there's the golden, golden ratio, but what's the, (laughs) the... I haven't heard the golden ratio. You might have to. (laughs) So, um, it's not the one where the man with all the gold makes the rules. It's oh, not that okay. golden right. rule. It's the golden rule where do unto others as you would have them do unto <laughs> you. And that and that's really how you should treat everybody in life. And and that trans that includes, you know, your your drivers. You know, treat them as you would want to be treated and and they'll most likely treat you the same way. And so mm-hmm. um I, I I feel like it's important to always be the the big person, even if a driver's not treating you the way you wanted, would want to be treated, that doesn't give you a license to reciprocate. 
right. you know, treat treat people well. Even um, a commercial license to reciprocate. <laughs> 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 Thank funny. you, Chris. Yeah. Thank you. We better shut the podcast. It's obviously been going way too long. <laughs> <laughs> what do you ta- well i thought you meant we were that that was our peak we peaked we yeah. got to get out yeah. get out while the, the jokes land right now <laughs> <laughs> okay so any final thoughts on this one yeah one one last piece of a very important advice don't book a load until you've got the driver in the seat of the truck or at the very minimum turn the truck over to them okay um because you know there's we've had it where they don't show and oh you, really you don't want that to happen you don't want to be committed to a load and then not have a driver show up. So don't book a load until you've get basically got a butt in the seat. Okay, well, fair enough. All right, sounds good. So, Chris, I feel like we've kind of covered this topic pretty well. Um, now, the impact tip, as I understand it for today, is go read Colin Powell's book. There you uh, go. I like that one. Uh, it, yeah. Pop quiz, Chris. What's the book called? Uh, it is called... <laughs> it's been, it what, 45 for minutes? It worked for me. Okay. It worked yeah, it works for me. It worked for me. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, love that. He, I love this book. I'm going to bring it and talk about it. I Wait, can't remember names. <laughs> I can't remember things. You know, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I can't remember to, book titles. People can't see it on, on uh, YouTube. But just off screen, I have a plaque with my name on it. So he can always remember it. It's Craig. Craig. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, these. Uh, this is good. This is what we promised at the beginning of the episode. I think we delivered. Uh, these are concrete things that must be done or should be done, uh, can be done, depending on uh, the tip uh, for hiring a driver. So I hope this really helps people out. Uh, if you're looking to expand to a second truck or a 20th truck and uh, and you're looking to refresh your system for hiring, then this is, uh, this is some good advice. So much appreciated. Um, anything else before we cut and run for today? I would just say be consistent with how you do it. So develop a checklist that you kind of go through that goes through all the, you know, that, that screening, the, um, onboarding process mm-hmm. and make sure you cover each one of those steps or it's easy. There's a lot that goes into it and it's easy to skip something and miss something. So yep. yeah, a, g- a good checklist will help you through the process. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Chris. And, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Like I said, if this was helpful, then we would love to, uh, to see some positive reviews out there. Uh, so go leave a review for the podcast based on this uh, monster of an episode. Usually we're we're going like, you know, 20, 25 yeah, minutes. This it's, is It's been a while since we've had an episode this yeah, long. This is it a, really a pretty decent one. So yeah, please uh, go leave those positive reviews. We greatly appreciate that. Go to hollandassetsllc.com for links and examples and all the stuff we talked about today. You're going to find the full show notes with all that stuff there. Um, I have abbreviated show notes that come with the episode, but there's more. Okay, so go check out the full show notes. Um, find us on Facebook and uh, yeah please tell your friends about the show alright Chris see you next time have a good week see you